Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. Verse 24, Matthew 7. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rain fell, floods came, winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. As we have been um, wrapping up um, in this last little section of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus has put together four little vignettes, um, sayings, if you will, and along the way, he has been reminding us that um, in this particular um, section, he's been saying to us, hey, there is a yes and there is a no. There is a um, a and there is a B. There is a black and there is a white. Like he's not going to let us live in the gray area. He's going to uh, almost force us in some sense to say, you've heard me now. What are you going to do with it? And that's, that's really where we are as we wrap up. And so um, today uh, probably is more invitational um, than the last three have been simply because um, Jesus is inviting us to a life that works. Uh, Steve Jobs, um, when he was CEO of Apple, was famous for being on a stage with his black turtleneck and jeans, and he would go through the magic of, by the way, is anybody an Apple fan like me? I mean, you just love the products. I've had them since the late 70s personally, and so like, you're like, you're, yes, yes, I have. Uh, so, I mean, and the, the, the famous saying, Steve Jobs would be up there, he would, uh, you know, be saying, hey, this happens and this happens, and he'd go through all of the technical specs and all the software, this and that, and then he would say, but the main thing is it just works people it just works this is what jesus is inviting us to a a life that just works so um if if we're going to be people who who are um experiencing living in a a life that the, the life that jesus invites us to the life that works three things need to be true all from this text number one um if we are going to live a life that works we have to be a life that works commits to God's word, to commit, it commits to Jesus' word. And so I, I want to just note here that that is a, a present tense verb. Like today, we need to be committed to God's word. It commits to God's word. Here at the end of the sermon, um, Jesus has um, been talking to us now for 30 weeks. That's a good long time. Uh, at the end of the sermon, the, the, the question that he's kind of setting before us is, have we actually heard him? Everyone who hears these words, down in verse 26, everyone who hears these words. So have we heard him? Have we heard him um, speak about the availability of the kingdom to us? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who um, hunger and thirst. Blessed are those uh, who are always caught in the middle. Have we heard him say to you, to you kind of people, to those who are um, challenged by the world and to those who are crushed at times by the world, to you, the kingdom of God, is available through trust in Jesus the King. Have you heard him? Have you heard him say there is a a different kind of righteousness, a different kind of genuine goodness, far beyond religion, far beyond externals, far beyond appearances, there is one, a, a genuine goodness that comes into our lives and begins a renovation process from the inside so that it transforms us in every part of our lives and it shows up in the way that we 
up in our emotional life as we deal with anger and in our relational lives as we deal with uh, uh, desires and, and how that affects our, our, our marriages and our words and, and even relationships beyond those. Have we heard Him? His as he has um, invited us to a life that yes will experience anxiety but it's not the defining thing of our lives you've heard it said or excuse me um, just look at the birds of the air Jesus says seek first the kingdom I'll take care of the rest. Have we heard him? Have we heard him us when this genuine goodness begins its work in us and works itself out through us? There are relationships that get um, changed, redefined, blessed even because of this. And then we get to be agents of change in other people's lives by treating them the way we would ourselves would want to be treated. Have we heard have we heard him? And I, I just want to offer to you and just kind of take a moment and say to us, and we've been at this a while now, you know, just in the sermon, not just 30 weeks, but we've been at it a while, even before then, like we've been talking about this. Um, he saw fit, folks. He saw fit to give us his word. Have we heard him? I ran across the story this week, um, uh, 20, I think it was 21 years uh, ago, somebody uh, tossed it in the ocean from Massachusetts. Why you would litter the ocean? Whole different conversation, but here it is. This is a picture. It washed up on the shore of, I believe, Ireland 21 years later. That's cool. I mean, I mean that's a cool story, right? And you think, you think about the person who wrote it and how much care, would, like, what do you say to that and that kind of thing. And then you think about how much care they took and like making sure that the bottle, you know, was tight and sealed and all of this kind of stuff. And how it, that message was preserved. Folks, God was very careful to write for us. He didn't just rely on me telling a story so you could tell a story so you could tell a story. He was very careful to write for us his message. And he was very careful to see that it was preserved for us. So that not 21 years later, but 2,000 years later, what we have in front of us is an accurate reflection of what God has said and what he has done and what he wants from us. So, like, we need to hear, like, as great as the message in the Bible, it's a cool of a story, God has spoken to us. And he has preserved his word for us. We heard him. We need to be people. If we're going to live a life that works, a life that works, commits today, in this moment, it commits to his word. world that that kind of blocks out what he wants to say 
I, I want to um, hold on, um, just kind of hit pause here for just a second and just say, talk about these for just a second. Th- these other voices that are loud, they, they sound sometimes like this. Well, listen, uh, good for Jesus. And he said some really, like, I, I'm just not sure I believe it all. I'm just not sure I believe it all. Or, uh, you know, the Bible, some nice things to say, some good stories, some crazy stories. That's for sure, crazy stuff. But like, and I mean, what Jesus says seems like it makes some sense at times. And, you know, love your neighbor. That, that's, I just think, though, there are some parts of it that just need some updating. I mean, not the thee and thou stuff. I mean, that's uh, like, that went out 25 years ago or so. But like, like, they're just, I mean, this thing's on the wrong side of history, you know. This is history, people. There are other voices that are very, very loud. The the one I think that may be most tempting, just broadly speaking in suburbia, is, oh, God spoken, I know, but my calendar's really full today. (laughs) I'm going to set this aside for now, but I'll come back. I'm just too busy right now. As Jesus has begun to wrap up the Sermon on the Mount, we have said this every week, and I want to say it one more time. We do not get to pick and choose the parts that we believe. We do not get to pick and choose the parts that we can obey. We do not get to pick and choose the parts of Jesus that we like. We get the whole package. That's what we get. We get it. Now, listen, here's the thing. There may be parts that we do not understand. There may be parts that we do not respond well to. But that doesn't mean that we are not committed to it. A life that works commits to his words. Everyone who hears these words of mine, that's where he starts. Secondly, uh, that, that solid rock is way better to build on. Now, it's harder, but it's better. Did, did you see what he said? Um, he hears these words of mine. Doesn't, it's a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And then down in verse 26, if you, if you hear him and don't do it, it's the foolish man who builds his house um, on the sand. I, I will um, just, just note here that there are two typical responses. This is not, I mean, again, this is broad brush stuff. But there are two typical responses, and I will put them in generational terms, and I will let you decide which generation you belong to. How about that? Meaning I'll let you decide if you're old or not. That's what I'm saying to you, okay? So number one, one of the first responses is this, and this tends to be a younger generation response, tends to be. Yeah, I'm not really sure I need a, a foundation. Now, two things. Number one, that in itself is a foundational statement. Like that's what you're rooting your life on. I don't need a foundation. That, so that's one thing. But, but secondly, life has a way of knocking us off of that foundation. Life has a way of saying, oh, you think you don't need a foundation. Here's a good way to get tossed around, blown off, and, and really messed up. Now you're going to be looking for something to stand. How many people do we know who are like, oh, give me somewhere to stand? An older generation uh, might say, and again, I'll let you choose, might say something like, well, basically any foundation will do. Jesus is pretty clear. Jesus is really clear. There is a place you can build that's sandy, and there's a place you can build that's rock. And one of those is much better than the other. Now, um, in his particular geographic moment, his geologic, where he was standing there by the Sea of Galilee, um, there's, uh, you've got this uh, area kind of around the sea that's made of um, 
Uh, it's called luvio sand, and it's just wash is all it is. And it compacts down and all that kind of stuff. And when the sun beats down, you can imagine, just put yourself in the Middle East and how the, the sun beats down on that. Man, it can firm up hard. It can. And you go to build on that. That's good for the moment until what? Until it rains. And then that wash that was hard becomes wash again. Versus, and the archaeologists have done this, you, you kind of clear that stuff out of the way and somewhere two, three, five, six, ten feet down, you find this solid basalt bedrock way deep down in there. And it's a lot harder to get there. Can we just recognize that it's a lot harder to dig through the stuff that's on the surface to get to the rock? But where do you want to found your life? Where do you want to put and base the things, the, 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 the things that you're living in right now? I want to put it on a rock. Solid rock, boy, it's harder. At times it is much, much lonelier. But it is better. If you've taken your kids down to the beach, they, uh, you know, get a stick or something. They go to write the, a little message in the sand. And if, if they write it a little too close to the water's edge, They'll write something really sweet or whatever. And, and what, what happens? That rogue wave comes up. And then what? It's gone. This is what Jesus is saying. If we build our house there, we build our lives there, it may work for a little bit. But it won't work forever. A life that works commits to his word. And I keep pointing out that that is a present tense because some of us in here today are committed today, but tomorrow may be a different question. So we wake up and we commit to his word tomorrow too. Secondly, a life that works keeps the difference in view. Keeps the difference in view. So um, before we get to the difference, I just want to point out that there is a profound similarity. Um, Verse 25. So the guy who builds on the rock, verse 25, the rain fell, floods came, winds blew, and they beat on the house. All right. But verse 27. The rain fell, floods came, winds blew, and beat again. thing as a storm-free life. There's just not. Um, and I, I say that to say, and I got a little amped up in the 830. I'll try to keep it toned down here in the 11 o'clock for the, you know, web and everybody else. But like there, there are people, there are salesmen. That's what they are. They're salesmen. They're, they're masquerading as pastors or preachers. And oftentimes they show up on TV late at night asking for your money. But there will be people in your world who will say, if you are the right kind of faith or the right amount of faith. And by the way, that's often expressed through giving me money. If you will do that, then everything will always go your way. You'll be like under the, like the storms will come and you'll have a little bubble over your life and it won't rain on you what's the answer to that it is a lie folks it is a lie anybody who's trying to sell you that is a salesman they are not telling you the truth they're not and so let, let's just like I, I look around this room i looked around the 8 30 and that's kind of what got me charged up 
I look around and I know that there are people, that the, they have done it right. They are founding their lives on the rock and the rains are coming and the winds are blowing and they are standing. Why? Not because they had the right kind of faith or the right amount of faith or they said the right magical words, but because Jesus has let them stand. They and they are secure. Their security is not in a house. Their security is not in a relationship. Their security is not in a job. Their security is in the fact that the God of the universe has spoken over their lives. There is now, now, therefore now no condemnation and nothing is going to separate me from you. And they, they know that that, I mean, as great as that's part of the story is, like that, that story is not done, that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so today they live with hope. They live with hope. Winds are blowing. Rain floods. They've done it all right. And it still goes sideways sometimes. The doctor calls. The email dings. And they say, I'm secure today because there's a God in the heavens who loves me. And I'm having having hope today that my house is going to stand because Jesus has beaten death and what else is going? We just sang it a while ago, if God is for us. If God is for us, folks, what stands against us? Anybody who tells you differently, they are a liar. They're a liar. They're a liar. There's no such thing as a storm-free life. I got a little, <laughs> I just, I just want to say to us though, here at the end, man, there are places where we can build our lives. Let's build on the rock. Okay. So here, I got to keep going here. The, the, the difference here, that's the similarity. Keep the difference in view. And there's, there's two things here. There's outcome. Let's talk about that first. The difference in the outcome. So, uh, v- verse 25 again, I just, here we go. Uh, the rain fell. Floods came, winds blew, beat on the house, but it didn't fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. Secondly, verse 27, rain fell, floods came, winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, um, this is one thing I love about Jesus, just how he was... um, his rhetoric was so strong in the Greek language, which is the language of the New Testament. It was originally written. The way the sentence is structured, it makes for super clumsy English, but it's really cool in Greek. He reads, he reads this way. And the fall of it was great. The, the last word in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in this incredible block of teaching, is the fall of it was great. So uh, in, in the Greek language, anybody know the Greek word for great? You, you do, you just don't know that it's Greek. Mega. So, the difference in the outcome is a life that works or a life that has a mega fall. Not just a fall, folks. A, a mega fall. He invites you into a life that works. The, the other side of that is horrific to imagine, isn't it? And we, I mean, we had a picture this week. I'm not trying to capitalize on any tragedy. I just, it, this is a perfect picture of what we're talking about. Um, you saw the condo collapse um, in Miami. All I saw was the after pictures. And I, I went to look what it was like before. And on the left side there, you see the before. And on the right side, what do you have? 
you have a mega fall. And there's 150 people. Tragedy. Horrible. I think uh, nine dead and climbing and 150 people still. I mean, this is horrific. This is horrific. This is the picture of what Jesus is saying. This is a mega fall. How many people, let me say this, how many people uh, under this difference in outcome, how many people mega fall because they didn't hear Jesus and then turn over, like surrender their, their desire or their worship or love of uncertainty? Well, Jesus, I just don't know. Or maybe I can get to that tomorrow. Mega fall. How many people put in the ground one version of seed and were hoping for a different harvest? They were hoping that they would not reap what they sow. Mega fall. How many people wanted kind of a, um, a main dish of life with Jesus as a side dish? Like he's a little special sauce or something for dipping your bread in? Make it taste better? Like, oh, just a little bit of seasoning, that's all I really want. Just, a, just enough. Just enough. They, they turn Jesus into something in a recipe or pragmatic. The difference in the outcome is a stand or a megafall. Secondly, the, the difference um, is, you, you know what the difference in, in, is in, out, in the outcome, but the, what is the actual difference? The, the difference is obedience. So, so look back in verse 25, 4, excuse me. Everyone who hears these words of mine, and then what, what, what's the next phrase? And what? And does them. Okay, you see that? Hold on to that, okay? And does them. Ver, verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine, and what? Does not do them. So if you are a highlighter, put a star in right in the margin, what, like, the, like this is that moment. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. The difference is in the obedience. The difference is not in the storms. Rains come. Winds blow. Floodwaters rise. It happens to all of us. There is no storm-free life. So it's not that that's the difference. And it's not the, the hearing that is the difference. Oh, Jesus has spoken. He's spoken over all of this. It's not the hearing that is the difference. What's the difference? The difference is what you and I do with it. The difference is what you and I step into. The difference is how we respond to what he has said. That is the only response in the hearer and the only question that is left. What will you, what will you do with what Jesus has said? Listen, there are times when I want the advice of Jesus. But he's not offering advice. He's offering clarity. And because he's offering clarity, I then have to choose how to respond. Do I do that or do I not? It it is way easier on me. I mean, just personally, like it's way easier on me if Jesus is my sage. But if he's my sage, he's not my Lord. And if he's not my Lord, he's not my savior. So we need to be committed to his word and keep the difference in view. And that difference is obedience. What will I do with what he has said? Last thing, a life that works, commits to his word, keeps the difference in view. And the last thing I just highlight, it is for everyone. Look, look at the first word in verse 24 and then again in 26. Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Everyone. And then verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine. Everyone. In the setting where Jesus is teaching, he has, back in chapter 5, he has his disciples gathered there. 
people who are committed to following. And then there's a crowd gathered all around. They're listening, man. They're checking it out. They're, they're wanting to hear what Jesus has said. Well, he, he talks different. He, it's crazy. In fact, so much so that look, look down in verse 28, 29. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and when Jesus finished these things, the crowd, see, there they are. The crowds were astonished at his teaching. Why? He was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. He's not up there just prattling on. Man, he's got some oomph behind what he's saying. So his disciples are there and the crowds are there. And I, 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 think, I think it's important for us to hear that Jesus is speaking and he's speaking to everyone. That both disciple and crowd are included. Everybody heard. Everybody heard what he was saying. And it's a, it's a, in that is a built-in invitation. And I say that because in here, there are those who are committed to following Jesus. I mean, you're all in. Clear the way. I want to be obedient. And I just say to you, that's the right way to live. Like that's the place where we found our lives and we find solid rock to stand. And there may be a point today where you say, oh yeah, I'm committed. And then you wake up tomorrow and you say, today, today, I'm committed. Some of you may be in here and you're like, I'm committed to following Jesus, but boy, this one particular section of my life, it's a God-awful mess. I don't know what to do with that. And Jesus is speaking to you, and he wants you to bring that area, that sector of your life under his lordship and under his authority. Some of you in here are watching online, you may not be followers of Jesus at all. You think, man, nice guy. Seems like he said some cool stuff, but I don't know. The invitation for you is simply to respond to him and give your life to him. Forgiveness is yours. Freedom is yours. And a life, a life that works is yours when you follow Jesus. Some people come back and they say a couple of things like this. Well, I don't actually know enough to step into this kind of life. I didn't grow up around church. I mean, I've been hanging around for a couple of weeks because my kids came or my boyfriend drugged me here or whatever. I'm surprised. I, I walked in. I'm surprised the walls are still standing. You know, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. What I would say to you is what Jesus said. Everyone then who hears these words, that's all you do. You hear what Jesus says and you put that into practice. And then he speaks more and you put that into practice. This is what our faith looks like. We hear what God says and then we put it into practice. And so you may not know all of the stories. You may not know all of the theology that, that fits here. You may not know all of the doctrine. You may not know what page we're supposed to turn to. But the more we read and the more we commit our lives to living like this, the more we know and the more we understand and the more we see that life really does work. This is for everybody. And what happens is when we hear and do, what's he say? When he hears these words of mine and does them, he'll be like, what? What's he call him? A wise man. I don't know enough. Well, Jesus is going to make you wise. Second one, and this is maybe more prevalent. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little too messed up for this. Like, I, I look at a guy down the road, and he seems to have it together. That person over there, she seems to have her stuff together. I'm sure Jesus loves them. But I don't know about me. I, I, may, I may be too messed up for this. I've got too much 
baggage. I've got too many scars. I've got too much of a past. My story is just too messy. Or my story has gone completely contrary to everything that you've been talking about here for the past few minutes. Like, I'm way too messed up for this. And I, I just simply point you backwards to where this series started, where the text started. The very people that Jesus is speaking to were those who were sick and infirm and paralyzed and demon-possessed and all of this. And like, these are the people that Jesus made into his disciples. And you think, uh, listen, that's great for those people, but truthfully, like, I'm so far gone at this point. God's not going to, like he can't. He can't get me. I, I read this this morning in my, in my Bible reading. This is Isaiah 59.1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, or his ear dull that he cannot hear. Oh, I'm so far gone from God. Even if I shouted, hey God, I'm over here. He couldn't hear me. He's like, Psh, way back there. Or if he did find me, like he just happened to stumble across me, like I'm so deep down in the hole, like there's no, I mean, God's like T-Rex, big, strong, scary monster guy, but his arms are short and he can't get me, man. I like, oh, sorry about that. Hope you don't know. Okay. Like you, you just picture God, a God whose arms are so short that he can't get to you. I mean, just this morning I read that and I just thought that's, that's for you. You think his hand is shortened that it cannot save. Oh, he can. You think his ear is too far away, he can't hear, but he can. And you think, oh, well, so again, like, appreciate that. I get it. God's all powerful. The truth is, is that um, it's not that I don't believe that he can. I just don't think he wants to. And what I would say to you based on the authority of this book and the Spirit of God in 2,000 years of the church. Jesus came to the earth precisely for that. He, He came to pursue people just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know He came to pursue some people, but like those... No, no, He came to pursue people just like you just like you. This is for everyone. I I just, this last one, I just want to set before us quickly here. But I'm just, I'm uncertain or unsure about how, how this all, like, I I don't know if I can trust him to, here's what I would say to you. Everyone who then, who hears these words of mine and does them. You're unsure? Go do them. You know what you'll find? You're standing on a really solid place. You're uncertain, static on the line, pretty loud in your ears, but you hear that one little thing, go do that one little thing, and you know what you find? I am standing now on something. Oh, golly. It's hurricane season out there, man. It's killing me, blowing everywhere its way. But I'm standing on something solid. If you're unsure and you're uncertain, the best thing you could do is obey what you know and find that you have a solid place to stand.
So the invitation this morning for everybody who's a follower of Jesus in here is just to look at your life and go, God, is there a spot? Jesus, is there a spot in my life, a sector of my life, some arena, some sphere that I need to give to you and say, you know what? This has not been shaped the way that you want it shaped. Please shape it. I give you my marriage. I give you my kids. I give you my my thought life. I give you my job. I give you my security blanket. I, I give you my anxiety. I give you this this challenge that we're in. I give you my health. I give you the. I, I'm just going to let you shape it, God, however you want to. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's the invitation. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to simply invite you to give your life to Him today. You will find a solid place to stand. Winds will come, rains will fall, floodwaters will... And you'll see people mega fall, man. But you put your trust in Jesus, you will stand. You will stand. He will offer you, He offers you, and will give you forgiveness. And He offers you and will give you life. So let me pray for us and then we'll have a time of response. Father, for the sake of anyone and everyone here, Um, to whom not only you've spoken, but like your spirit is churning in them right now. I I pray over everyone. I I pray that uh, you would um, seal up the work, complete the work that you've begun. And it it would challenge us, that's for sure. It would change us for your glory and our own good. But, um, God, like today would be the day that something happens in us that marks us. Today would be the day that we find something solid on which we can base our lives. Today would be the day. Today would be the day that you reshape and reform and make us who you want us to be. Make us more like Jesus. Today would be the day. We in this moment commit to your word. Please go to work in us and do the things you need to do. That's what we ask in Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen.